Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, relationship coach, and rehabilitation counselor. I'm also a Christian who for years grew up in a church that taught me to fear God instead of love God. For years, I felt betrayed by God and felt like God didn't love me because I wasn't perfect and because I didn't do the right thing all of the time. For years, I felt like I was destined to go to hell because there was no way I could keep all of God's laws and there was no way I could win God's approval. It wasn't until I began to read and study the Bible on my own that I realized that, yes, there is nothing I could ever do to be perfect. I will never be able to win God's approval. But the great thing about it is that I didn't have to because God loves me the way I am and God is here to help me through any and everything that I go through. It wasn't until I realized that God was there for me and that what I had been taught about God my whole life was a lie that I began to understand who God really was. It wasn't until I began to lose my religion and focus on God that I understood who God was and his amazing love for me and how much he loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different journey and a different path to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding God. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week, we had an amazing interview with Tracy A. Bailey. She is the author of a book called Storefront, Hell in Small Places. And in this book, she talks a lot about her experience in being in a cult and how being in a cult made her feel about God and what she learned after she got out of the cult. Here is Tracy's amazing story of how she found God. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what was your childhood like? I grew up in a two-parent Christian home mm-hmm. with um, my siblings, my younger siblings. I'm the oldest. I just, I had a, a great childhood, you know? My parents brought us, they trained us up right and not not just as far as church, which, mm-hmm. you know, we, we did go to church and everything. They taught us about Jesus, but just bringing us up to be productive citizens, respectful people, just trying to instill good values in us. Right. Yeah. What were some of the religious beliefs that you were taught as a child? You know, we were taught that, you know, God, God is our creator, our mm-hmm. Lord. He's the person that gives you the things that you need. God loves you. Right. Um, they taught us about Jesus dying on the cross for us and just the basis of Christianity. I will say that I learned more um, religion growing up until I was older where I found out about relationship with God because I actually I was more more scared of God as a child than when I got older and it's funny you brought that up because I was um, talking to someone about that earlier I experienced the same thing as a kid because I was taught if you do this you know something bad's gonna happen or if you didn't do what you're supposed to it was always a negative consequence and I always thought that God was just gonna get me as soon as I did something wrong and so because that's how it was perceived especially like from a kid's point of view you're just like oh my goodness I can't do anything so I totally understand that concept 
Now, I know you have a book that you wrote. It's called Storefront, correct? Yes. Okay. So my question is, because it seems like you had an experience that I really want to hear about. Like, what was the experience that made you write that book? What inspired you to write that book? For four years, I was a part of a church. It was basically a cult. Okay. Growing up, I, I thought cults were you just out in the middle of nowhere. And so, you know, it made me think of uh, like uh, Jonestown, you know, don't drink the Kool-Aid and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when I ended up in a church like that, I was like, well, it, it can't be the same thing. Cause I'm like, these people, well, they were out there with their beliefs, yeah. but going back and studying, I'm like, wow, they started off just like any other church, mm-hmm. but the leader got out of control. And that's wow. what happened when I first found this church. It was some things I was concerned about, but you know, I just brushed it off. I'm like, maybe I'm just reading too deep into some things. Then as time went on, and I'm like, whoa, we're we're not even worshiping God anymore. We're worshiping our pastor. Right. And I and I realized that I was, I was, I had put my pastor in the place of God. Right. I was I was more afraid of him than I was God. And I, you know, I, I treated him like, like he was Lord of my life instead mm-hmm. of God. And whatever he said, he had my, my undying loyalty. I would do anything for him. I would go against anybody for him, even my family. Wow. I, I disrespected my family at times, just trying to defend his honor. You know, his plan was to cut me off from them because other people in the church, he had successfully cut them off from their family and he got he got mad because my parents would not go away <laughs> he, <laughs> he tried so hard <laughs> to get rid of them and they would look like no that's our child so <laughs> yeah they weren't they gonna wouldn't. let you go uh-uh. <laughs> and he didn't like that because most people that came to the church came from dysfunctional homes mm-hmm. or came from like single parent homes and maybe you know, their parent was either too busy to notice what was going on right. or didn't care altogether. And so we really um, got deep in that thing. It, it was bad. We were brainwashed. You know, people even did criminal things for him, which he tried to get me involved in some things. I'm like, no, nah, I don't get down like that. Cause yeah. I, you know, I didn't want to go to jail. Mm-mm. Other people went to jail for him. Oh my goodness. So it, it was crazy. And the only way I got free was he died. He um he was 32. Wow. And he went into a diabetic coma and he never woke up. If he hadn't passed, I don't I don't believe I would have lived. Wow, because I was gonna ask you, how did you get out of it? But that is deep because you're right, you don't think about it like that. So your image of what a cult looks like is my image of what a cult looks like. And so I can totally understand when you're presented with something that's different from what you imagine. It's mm-hmm. easy to get caught up because you just think that, oh, I found this nice church. The people are so nice. And I can see how that happens, even though, you know, people act like they don't understand how it can happen. I can see how that can happen. No, I, I said it so many times growing up. I would see these these things on, on TV, you know, when things would happen. And I'm like, nah, they know that man crazy. Why they fucking behind him? Now you just have to be crazy or dumb to get involved with something like that. And then I looked up and there I am somewhere I said I would never be so that's that's another reason why I speak out the way I do because Mm -hmm. some people believe it can't happen to them but it can happen to anybody because all it takes is getting into a a vulnerable place in life 
I met him when I was just in a weird transitional period in my life. Mm-hmm. And he he waited till that, that guard was down and he just, he prayed on it, you know? Yeah. And it can happen to anybody. No, that's true. Especially like when you're vulnerable or when you're searching for something or trying to fill a void, it's easy to get caught up mm-hmm. in something like that. No, I totally that's right. understand. So what happened after he died? I know you said you left. Did anyone else leave or like what happened with the rest of the church? It wasn't that many of us left. My sister, uh, my God sister, she's the one that introduced me to the church. Me and her, we left together. Good. We were like, let's just take this opportunity and go. Because <laughs> his his mom wanted to keep the church going. Yeah. And it wasn't God's will because they, they had church one Sunday after she took over. And then by the next Sunday, she was in a coma. You know, other people had left before us and I had to rebuild relationships with some people. Some people... I let them go and they were gone. I didn't care. Some people that he broke up our relationship, even uh, between me and a family member who was at the church, a couple of family members. And, you know, I had to go back to her after, after the dust settled and be like, Hey, how do we let this person get between us like this? We're blood. And I had to go back to so many people and be like, I'm sorry. Let's see if we can rebuild something from this mess, you know? Yeah. And because uh, other people were able to just walk away or they got put out. A lot of people he actually put out of the church and told them, don't come back. Oh, wow. What was his reasoning for that? Because I know sometimes they use that as a form of control. Like, what was his reasoning for doing it? Oh, it could be any little thing. Like one elder, when we were starting out in Atlanta, she was just causing a lot of confusion mm-hmm. in the church. You know, just a lot of gossip and backbiting and stuff, which I mean, that, that can go on in any congregation. Yeah, anywhere. I, don't, I don't think you should just tell somebody can't come to church no more because they are gossip. She just needed deliverance. One day in church, he stood her up and he told her that God was not pleased with her. He was going to take her life. That God was going to take her life. Oh, wow. And then she needed to leave the church so that she wouldn't taint anybody else because he didn't want he didn't want that that spirit to get on the rest of us so he put her out in the middle of of church and it's crazy because that next week she did get attacked by a dog oh my goodness and see he used stuff like that he would threaten people threaten people lives and say if you don't do what i say god is gonna do this to you and it's like sometimes things did happen Mm -hmm. to people like one guy uh left and he got into a car accident and so when he found that out, he told us, he said, see, that's why I tell y'all don't get out from under my covering. Because when you get out from under my covering, you're you're just, you out here and the devil can do anything he wants to you. Wow. And he said, and that's when he flipped over in the ditch and his car is totaled because he went against me. Yeah. So he kind of just used the misfortune of others to benefit himself. Like it was because exactly. they did something to him, even though those things could have just happened anyway. Right. Life. It was his way of controlling us, you know, yeah. make you scared to make a move. Anybody that went against him, he next thing we know, we're getting a text saying, you know, this person is disfellowship, don't have any contact with them, erase their number, erase them off social media. And you basically had to treat the person as if they were dead or you never wow. met them. And this is somebody that was like a brother or sister and you can't even talk to them anymore. Oh, that's sad. That's really sad. I'm mm-hmm. glad you're able to miss some of those relationships because, yeah, 
that's just messed up. But being in this church, like, what did it do to your perception of God? Like, how did it make you feel about that? I, I feel like God, like I did about him. I'm like, you know, God is somebody I got to walk a fine line with. Or I'm going to get punished, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I'm just, you, and it made me feel like I couldn't do anything right. Like every day, I literally spent every day beating myself up for just little things. I was really entangled in legalism. I, I didn't give myself any grace. I didn't allow God to give me grace. Like when I messed up, I, I mean, I could just spend all night just crying over it. Because oh, I'm wow. just like, I know God don't, don't even want me no more. Yeah. You know, I made this mistake and, you know, he, he probably don't even love me no more because that's how the pastor treated us. And that's how he made God look because any little thing you did, he would withhold his love. He like, he could go, he could go for weeks and not even acknowledge you. He would walk by you in church and act like you don't exist. It could be any little thing you did and you, you might've did something unintentional and it was something he took offense in but you didn't even realize you did it and so he starts mistreating you and you're like dog what did I do this time and then finally he'll come around and be like last Friday you came in the sanctuary and you greeted her before you greeted me and you're supposed to greet your pastor first you know just little petty stuff like oh, that wow. that carried over into how I dealt with God I'm like if I don't do every little thing right God is gonna just toss me to the side and yeah. I, I just it's like grace there was no grace <laughs> I didn't give myself a break at all well no I mean you couldn't because you were being bombarded with the way that person is treating you and if they represented God since they were like the pastor then I could see how mm -hmm. you'd be like that so it kind of just took you back to when you were like a kid to be honest how you view God yeah. to do it Every, every day I'm waking up trying to figure out how to stay out of hell. <laughs> and that's how I was when I was little. Even um, one day I was listening to my girl, The Temptation, and he was like, how dare you call yourself a minister of God and you listening to The Temptations? And he, he was like, I can't believe you had the nerve to walk around saying you a woman of God. And I feel so bad. Like, I, like, he made me throw away all my music. No, really? Yes, I love, love, love music. And he made me throw away everything that wasn't gospel. Girl, we would be in restaurants sometimes. I remember one night we were at Cheesecake Factory in Atlanta all night long by Lionel Richie came on. That we were going in because, you know, we grew up on that music. Right. We were just, you know, just singing to ourselves. And so we got out in the parking lot. Like, he turned on us and just started yelling. And he's like, can y'all believe that y'all have the nerve to claim you ministers of God and y'all want to listen to Lionel Richie, want somebody to do it all night long? And he was like, what kind of example are you setting for the people of God? And like, oh my God. I'm like, dog, we can't even just sing along. So, oh my God, it was just so tiring. <laughs> I can imagine because what experience happened to you that made you see God differently? After I got out of there, I ended up at another church that was, it wasn't like the last church I left, but because, because the church I was at was apostolic. And so um, the next church was as well. And it was, it wasn't as extreme, but it still was these rules. Right. Like, you know, you gotta, can't wear pants, can't wear jewelry. Yeah. It was still all this extra stuff. And so one day it was maybe a year after all this happened, because I finally just started actually acknowledging what I had been through because I, I pressed it down and just kept it moving. Right. 
And then I actually faced what I had been through. And when I started unpacking all this stuff, I just started asking God questions. And I'm like, well, God, why, why do they teach this right. here? Because I can't find this in your word. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I started looking at just different things, even things from my childhood. I'm like, well, we always did this at church. But I'm like, but that really didn't have nothing to do with you, God. Right. And so it's like, God had to take me back to square one and, and just teach me how to be in a relationship with him. And he let me know that once I got my eyes on him and off of church, as far as what we call church, right? off of the building, he's he's like, don't worry about that. He's like, focus on me. And so, and I do still attend church, but I just, I do things differently. I feel the same way because I know in my life, there have been things that I've experienced, you know, in church and all the rules and stuff. And I remember being a teenager and I was just like, well, I might just leave church because I'm just not going to make it to heaven anyway. And so there's a period of time where I was, I almost left, but then I didn't. And then I stayed, but years later, I came back to the same conclusion. Like, this is ridiculous. And like you, I was reading the Bible one day and it was something that I think my mom or somebody used to, I grew up learning in church. They were like, if you go to a place like a club, God's not going to be with you because that was quote unquote, like the devil's ground, right? I remember being in a club because that's the one thing I wanted to do growing up, but I couldn't do. So when I got to college, I went to a club. And while I was there though, it was like, I didn't really enjoy myself. The reason I didn't enjoy myself is because I knew I probably shouldn't be there, but it wasn't because of like what I was taught. I just felt like that was just not the place where I needed to be. And I felt God's spirit there. And I was, I was even talking to him while I was there. And I was like, well, if God doesn't go with us to these places, then who am I talking to? Who is telling me I shouldn't be here if God isn't here with me? And so right. after that, and it was crazy because they played the song, Kirk Franklin back in the day. You remember the song, Revelation? I think, Do You Want a Revolution? That song? Yes. They were playing that in the club. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. When does this happen? So that was when mm -hmm. I just started to think about it. Like, well, if God is here with me, then why are they saying that he's not? And I've always thought about that. And then I started to question a lot of things, but I didn't know how to really express what I was questioning. Because you know how it is. It's like, you're kind of afraid. You're like, okay, I'm questioning these things. Am I less of a Christian? Exactly mm -hmm. what is happening. It's ridiculous. So as I got older, I just got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I was like, it doesn't mean that I'm any less of a Christian because I'm questioning some things. I'm like, because I have come to believe, like you said, I believe in having a relationship with God because I think God can go with you anywhere. He can be with you in any situation. And even if you're doing something wrong, if you ask him to help you, he will because God's not going to hide from you because you're doing something wrong. He sees you. He already knows what you're doing. So why mm -hmm. not talk to him? <laughs> That's just the whole thing. So I just, it's one of those things where I tell everyone, I see things differently now. And I'm still unlearning a lot of things, but I just see it differently. I don't think that God's, purpose for us is to be afraid of him or to right. think he is just doing things to send us to hell and that we're never going to be saved and that he's so temperamental that any little thing that we do is going to take us out of his will or out of his pleasure because that's just not how it is that is one reason why I'm glad we can sit down and you know have conversations like this to let people know that 
this is not how it is. God really loves you. He's not what you think. And you don't have to be a Christian to pray and ask him to help you because he'll help you regardless, whether you're a Christian or whether you're not. He just wants you to give him a chance. So as parting words, what is some advice you would give someone who's just trying to find God? What advice would you give them? I would tell them to just start with an honest conversation. When I when I got to college is when I established a relationship with God. I was coming out of my home church and um, I was going to a Bible study on campus. One of the leaders there, um, she was telling me about the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, oh, I've never heard of the Holy Spirit. I just, I wasn't taught about that, you know? And so um, she was telling me about the Holy Spirit and how he guides us. And, um, you know, she was telling me how I could talk to God. And I was just like, okay. So, I mean, I just talked to him. She said, like, just like we're talking. And so that's my relationship with God now. Like, yeah. we just talk. Just go to God and just and just be for real. Get, get in the word and find out the word for yourself. Too many times we take things. I hear so many people, they'll they'll be um, talking about something spiritual. And, it, and the whole conversation is my pastor this, my pastor yes. that, my pastor said. And I'm like, but what did God say? They're, you know, they're quoting things they heard their pastor say, but you don't hear them quoting the word of God. Like the Bible says, we perish for lack of knowledge. And so you have to get in the word. You have to pray and seek God, seek his face, and he'll reveal things to you. It could be something you've read for years and years, a passage you've read for years and years, and God would illuminate that thing and really show you, you know, what he meant there. And it's like, whoa, okay, I, I get it. I get it. And where can we find your book? Um, my book is available on Amazon. Okay. It's uh, under Tracy A. Wynn, and it's called, uh, the full title is Storefront Hell in a Small Place. Thank you so much, Tracy, for being a guest on Finding God. What an amazing interview. The thing that I want to take away from this interview is that Tracy talks about talking to God, and that's how she found him. And I want to talk about that just for a minute because talking to God is important. Yes, I know you think you have to pray these long, elaborate prayers or say these long, elaborate quotes and, you know, just have all of these awesome things when you talk to God, but you really don't. All you have to do is come to him and let him know how you feel. Let him know what you're thinking. And yes, he knows what you're thinking and how you feel because he created you. But he wants you to talk to him and he wants you to tell him what is going on with you. So whether you believe in God or not, always remember that you can always talk to God. Now the song we're going to listen to is actually our theme song and it's called Winning by Patience and it's featuring Young Noah. Now this song is amazing and I love it because it lets you know that no matter where you are in life, where you are in your Christian journey with God, where you are in your spiritual walk of finding God, that you are still a winner. So don't let anyone tell you that you're not. So here's the song Winning by Patience featuring Young Noah. I'm winning. Can't tell me I'm not. Ray. 
praise, we praise God for victory. The enemy can celebrate in the face of my enemy. The energy I use to hate no longer part of me. So pardon me for trusting the vengeance to the one who parts the sea. He paid the fee so I can go free. I call that bail money. Chasing back so you can be rich. I call that fail money. Sowing out so you can reap later. I call that well money. Wise with the talents he gave us. Yeah, that's how we coming. We ain't running never back down. Even if we take the L, greater is the one that's in me. Then he that's in the world, we the first, cause we were last and now the rose flip. We the light and he keeps us on, the breaker never trips. We ain't running, never back down, even if we take the L. Greater is the one that's in me, then he that's in the world, we the first, cause we were last, the rose are now flip. We the light and he keeps us on, the breaker never trips. Maybe when he come, you will get the picture. You drinking liquor, I got the living elixir. It only took quicker. We took it and made us a fire much bigger. We gon' burn down the block till we run out of timber. Ever since I remember, till I'm pulling out pictures. I've been running these plays so long. Look at these blisters. Imagine in heaven so big, I can't afford fixtures. I would like to first say thank you, thank you so much for being here with me today and listening to Tracy's story about how she found God. I would also like to encourage you to share this podcast with a friend and to go follow this podcast on Spotify. I would also like to invite you to join our Facebook page and our Facebook group where we can have more conversations about how you found God and also to find out what it really means to have a relationship with God. And as you go through this week, just remember that no matter what happens, God loves you and that you are a winner. Until we talk again, have an amazing week, and I'll see you next Friday. Bye-bye.